Life from the Well is sponsored by Scratch Distillery. Located in Edmonds, Washington, Scratch Distillery crafts delicious spirits from scratch. Every batch is made by hand from local non-GMO organic grains. Head on over to Edmonds and taste the natural, delicious flavors for yourself. If you have an itch for a cocktail, go scratch it. Welcome to Life from the Well. We're here to share our perspectives with stories from the service industry. I'm your bartender, Joey. Enjoy the show. This episode from Life from the Well is served handcrafted by Barfly Mixology Gear, a line of essential tools for mixologists. All right, and joining us today is Eric Stover, a chef in Seattle. Eric, welcome to the show. Hey, thanks for having me on. I really, really love the show. So uh, super fan and uh, super excited to be here. Awesome, man. Yeah, that's huh, that's really sweet. Thanks for saying that. Um, right on. Well, well, thanks for coming on. Um, so actually, shot. Let's do the shot and get started. Uh-oh, shot time. This is why I, I always have, it's, the, it's this intro where there's that weird transition and then I remember it's because I have to do the shot first. Uh-huh. The bartenders shake hands by doing shots. I, I really like that phrase. I really do. Yes. Is it good? I, it, I got that quote out in the last episode. It made me happy. So that's fun yep. because I've, I've, heard, I've probably said it a bunch, but I enjoy it. So cheers, my friend. Thanks for cheers. doing this. All right. Speaking of comfort food, that's, that's comfort food. <laughs> yeah, that it is. And shots. Mm. Uh, it's funny. The, uh, there's a person who lives on the Island. We live on Bainbridge Island and, uh, she was putting together a pandemic wine club. So a really amazing person. And uh, she flipped me, she flipped us a, uh, a bottle of uh, Maletti Fernet actually. And I've never had it. And mm-hmm. I'm always, I'm a, I'm a Fernet Branca enthusiast. I mean, I have Fernet tattoo. I have all yeah. the, you know, your, you know, your, whatever you call it kind of things, but um, uh, your cliche things, but I really do love this stuff. So uh, having a shot of this, it's just, it's, it's fun. Yeah. Yeah. And it, it honestly, so I went out and, um, just got this bottle yesterday, so I just cracked it open because I haven't had Fernet in, in like months now. And so wow. it's it's a like I said, it, it definitely feels like comfort food to me. It makes me feel like I'm back behind the bar, not I behind the bar, but you know, back. I just got off the shift. Totally. <laughs> Whatever. I don't know. There's I can't. There's no incriminating in in a, in a hypothetical bar. Yeah, back. Yeah, yeah. We're in in that in that imaginary world that doesn't exist anymore. <laughs> it was fun while it lasted. Yeah. We did great. I was just thinking earlier how how um, the comedy industry is really suffering right now. Like all of us that really thrive on like social interaction, that every industry is just is just suffering. Yeah, <laughs> we all have to learn new skills or, or rely on old ones, and, and it's it's not fun. We had we had a really good run there for a while though, huh? We did. I mean, I I, I really miss uh, the hospitality of things. When you when you walk into someplace and people know you and they and they remember, or like me for instance. Oh, hey, this guy wants a shot of Fernet, probably. Mm-hmm. Uh, but uh, you know, just that camaraderie amongst human beings, actually. And 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 I, I like the flip side of it too. Like I like to be there to to take care of people and you know be gracious with them. I know that their day has been hard and you know give them yeah. some bullshit food and you know I just I love the whole thing about service industry. So you know I'm a lifer. It's uh, it's what I do. Mm-hmm. Well, I think there's, there's definitely, um, it's funny cause my wife just finished um, a big program at her work and she was working on a, um, a stretch, ma- a stress management program. Mm-hmm. And one of the keys to living a really balanced life is, um, 
that you know in all, in all of our research and studies and life experience we found is, is to commit acts of service and i think working in a job that requires that of you um and in in some way really gives you a bit of that fulfillment where you're you know you, you are giving to others of your time and yourself and your personality and it it, it um I know it's hard to put into words, but there's something that's really fulfilling um, about about that, and it's it's really something that I said I'm I'm glad that I have this little podcast that we do because it gives me a chance to still find some way to connect and and keep going, you know, through the hard time. There's there's at least something we can stand on and, and reach out to each other and have fun conversations and laugh. Um, between this and my D and D group in the middle of the week. Um, <laughs> I'm doing my best to try to stay social. <laughs> no, no, I, I feel you. Uh, you know, it's like uh, things like this are, are the new, uh, the water cooler talk, you know, uh, that people are, who haven't ever listened to podcasts are now just like, whoa. They're, yeah. they're, they're now seeing what some of other, some of us other folks who have been doing them for a while really enjoy. It's like, even if you're not near somebody, you can still be in touch with them. So it's really cool. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely, man. I, I, I uh, that's a good way of putting it. Um, Cool. Well, let's let's get into um, you because uh, the the whole show is about highlighting my guests, and so I want to talk more about you than the surrounding events. They can affect us, but the focus is you, you and your story. Um, so let's start in the beginning. Um, this is our guest, our the, the resume section. What, where you know, um, as far as the service industry goes, I know you've got some time in it. You 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 you've been banging around for a while. Uh, Let's let's start at the beginning. Uh, yeah, let's go back. What what brought you here? How'd you get here? Well, I uh, I got the impression that money didn't grow on trees pretty early, and my parents were very supportive of us uh, getting a job. So I got a job at thirteen as a dishwasher, 13. and it was yeah, and I'd work from five at night until three in the morning, and uh, there was just something about it that I really liked. And every time I tried to get out of it to do something else, I just ended up liking it more and more and more. So hmm. I cooked for high school. Uh, I got a job in college. Um, there was a deli that was like, it was like a delicatessen slash restaurant right near the uh, campus. So I worked there. Um, I also, I never say, I would never say I was a bartender. I did work behind a bar, mm -hmm. but it took years later for me to realize what a bartender really is and who a bartender is. But Skipping all that, I cooked through college. Uh, I wanted to go to culinary school, but I didn't really want to go to another school. So I just moved, pulled up roots, moved to Arizona, and worked for some really great people. And uh, a chance trip to Seattle to visit some people that I knew in Arizona really, really blew me away. And, and the Pacific Northwest is just my favorite place I've ever been. So I moved here and got a job and you know, been cooking since. So Nice. Well, yep. I'm glad you fell in love with it. I, I, I love it here, too. It's really just like... You know, I like to travel around and, and visit other places, but but this place is always home. You know, there's totally. not moss on there's not moss on the trees. Then, then. <laughs> yep, one hundred. <laughs> That's awesome, man. So so of all the, of all the roles, what would you say is is the most? I mean, probably chef, right? But in your own words, I guess what what is what has been most defining or and your favorite? I think uh, somebody said this a long time ago, and I don't want to know who to attribute to, but it might have been Anthony Bourdain. He said it out loud, but. Uh, um, when one cook calls another cook a good cook, that's like mm -hmm. the nicest thing you can say to them. And mm -hmm. I remember somebody saying that about me one day and I was blown away by it. Yeah. Um, I got into this because I like food and I like people and I like that match together. Mm -hmm. So I, I find that part really fun, but that's not the only part of it that's really fun for me as a guest though, because I love wine. I love cocktails. 
I really like the whole rounded experience. So uh, for me, this is more of a matter of love of people and, and sharing a, uh, a meal with them is one of the most humble and open ways to do so. So I really enjoy food and people. It's my thing. Food and people. And throw some booze in there and everybody gets happy. Well, you know, just, I mean, if you have some around, you know, I mean, you, just, oh, you know, that's where I can, that's my part. That's, that's, that's why, that's why, um, that's why we hang out together, you know, bartenders and chefs. I think um, Bourdain actually said in, in, in um, Kitchen Confidential, he said the bartender is the chef's best friend. <laughs> yes. That he did. And, uh, we, we have a very um, unique relationship with each other that's symbiotic. Um, mutual respect and mutual detest all at the same time. <laughs> Let's put it this way. The front of house manager can, can order food at two minutes till close and I'm still going to make it the smile on my face. The bartender can ask me for a steak when the restaurant's closed and I'm going to be smiling the whole time I'm cooking it. <laughs> cause you know that, cause you know, the, the, yeah, well, because that relationship is worth more, right? That relationship is worth uh, everything. It's, it's, you, you, you have an innate trust of someone who can actually, you're a bartender uh, dazzles you with, with personality or knows how to, when to stay back, remembers what you like, can make delicious things on the fly, works with the kitchen instead of against it. Mm -hmm. And really just, you know, is like the, the, the show person, the showpiece of a restaurant, I believe. That's, that's where the heart of a, of a dining experience. I don't believe it's walking between tables. I believe it's like, I'm a bar person. I love to sit at the bar. My wife is too, thank goodness. Uh, so that's, that's the focal point for us, I believe. Mm -hmm. There's, um, that was actually something that I used to say early on. Uh, well, not not early on. So probably five years into bartending and then beyond. Um, when people ask me, you know, uh, what makes a good bartender? Or if somebody, if, we, if I was training someone new, I would always say the first thing you want to do is make friends with the cooks. Not the chef, the cooks. Like, make friends with your line cooks. Those guys need to be your buddies. Um, yeah. Because your, your night is going to be a million times better. First of all, if you can get along with those guys and once you get along, you can cuss at each other and yell and you know, everything's going to be fine. You go out for work for a beer afterwards. It's cool. But I mean, yeah, you, you need that. You need that back and forth flow between, you know, it, it's, it's like in those old Viking boats, it's the left side of the boat working with the right side of the boat, you know, and everybody's totally. rowing together. Yes. Um, you know, we have a different, group of people that are trying to get the same goal you know we may do it a little different on our side but as long as we're all in this in sync um this yep. place is gonna dominate yes uh, sir that's uh, it's, it's, uh, that's probably my favorite thing to make in a restaurant is staff meal yeah <laughs> because i want those around me especially those who don't have ready access to food like we do because we can just kind of shove it in our mouths like mm -hmm. over caffeinated squirrels um, but, uh, you know, when you can take care of the folks who aren't making their own food in a restaurant and they're the ones who are serving it, I, to me, that feels really great. And that's why I always want to make a great staff meal. Yeah. And we, I gotta say, um, as, as a staff, I appreciate, I always appreciated the, uh, the cooks that put that kind of intention into it, that really wanted to, um, take care of the employees. Cause a lot, cause for every one of you, there's, there's someone who's just looking at cutting at, at you know, being, you know, we're all, we're all cost effective in our work, but there's cost effective for for flavor, and there's cost effective just to try to get rid of something. And so it, it's nice it's nice when you get somebody who gives a little bit of a shit. And and is, you can I guess I guess what I'm trying to say is you you can tell when somebody cares. Yeah, you can definitely, especially like I look at it this way too. When I get done with my shift, is close to when you're getting done with your shift, mm -hmm. and. 
I know you, you know, you're, you're great at your job and but everybody's human and they, they, at some point they want their day to be over their work day. And I always appreciate it when I'm like just up on the way out the door to grab an Uber or, you know, I gotta go fetch a boat and you know, you guys are always as gracious as possible. It's just like, Hey, you, do you want one before you go? And I'm just like, yeah, but you're busy. And you're like, it doesn't matter. That's what I do. And I love doing it. <laughs> I, I feel the same way about what I do. So that's, you know, big love for front and back of the house together. Fuck yeah, dog. That's awesome. That's awesome. I love that because, because yeah, that's what, that's really what it is. And I think Tony even writes about that in the book where he says, you know, like the bartender, you know, you do it for different reasons, but, but we, but it's the relationship and it's what we have to offer each other. And what we have to offer each other is, is something great. You know, and I used to, I I used to tell my wife whenever we would go out to eat that, um, you know, I'm not rich, but when we go into restaurants, we're going to eat like we are. Yeah. I know the people there. And they're my friends and they're going to treat us better than the VIPs because that's how I treat them when they came into my place, you know, and it's all about investing in, you know, into life and just treating people good and, and, you know, being respectful. But at the same time, you know, it's, it's really fun to, to be able to go in and, 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 um, and get to experience something that, that a lot of people don't get to experience without kind of that, that, um, that social status, right? Correct. You know, people are thinking, oh, what can I get from these people? And even then it's different because people are, you know, people are almost resentful sometimes. But when you come in and you know the staff and they love you and you get a meal. And again, like I said before, you you get a meal made with love and like you get these special appetizers that you didn't even order and a cocktail from the bar that you didn't order. And you end up leaving like with a belt. You you just feel warm, like all over your whole body, like you're overfed and you're overdrank. But it's just, oh man, that's like one of the best feelings in the world is, is being like taken care of. <laughs> yeah. That, that kind of hospitality is, I think what I, like I, I would say I miss most, uh, mm-hmm. you know, like you said, like a cocktail or even like asking the bartender, like, I know you're busy, but can you make something that'll go that you would want to go with this? Cause I'm going to send it out to the Johnsons. Mm-hmm. We haven't seen them forever. They're super good people. We send them out something and all of a sudden they're like, Oh, that's so great. And it's just like, that's what we do. And then, you know, it's like, that's such an important part of being a person of being a human. And it's actually like interacting with other people on, on that personal level. And I, I think during this time of, of craziness that it's nice to be able to, to contact people, but man, if I could ask for one thing, smell a vision would be a good one. Smell a vision. <laughs> yeah. You know, they have that in um, those, those 4d theaters. Mm-hmm. They, 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 they send sense out of your face and it's weird. <laughs> yeah. It's really weird. Far don't, away. Don't, don't do it. Um, under the influence of certain things, I would say. <laughs> yeah, those. So the, the I have I have a few recommendations for the 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 4DX theaters, the ones where the seats shake and you get water oh, sprayed yeah. in your face. So it's a really cool experience. But um, yeah, be careful how intoxicated you are. What <laughs> on whatever your preferred intoxication level is. And yeah. also, don't go to a movie that's longer than ninety minutes because if you do, you come out. I mean, even at 90 minutes, you feel like you were in bumper cars for 90 minutes because you're yeah. getting shook around all over the place and your body's tense the whole time. And so like you know, for the next week, you just have like knots in your back. Yeah, you feel like a cocktail has been shaken rough. Yeah, exactly. You come out feeling like a margarita. It's like, oh, I'm a little frothy right now. <laughs> totally. Yeah. And, then you, so, you for sure need to catch an Uber home or a, a cab or something. Yeah. Oh man, just the idea of getting into Uber right now to go to some place to eat is just a fantastic idea. Right? Yeah. I heard, I heard, a, I heard, a, um, I heard a rumor, not a rumor, but one of my friends had this happen to him, 
the, uh, they got into a lift recently and lift did a charge by the minute um, old school taxi kind of thing. So what they thought was going to be a $17 lift ride turned into being like a $35 lift ride. Cause That's I think, no I think they might be suffering right now too. So they're looking to cut costs. So uh, look out, wa watch out, be, be picky on the ride share services. You hear yeah. You might get gouged. We're pretty disconnected from regular society where we live. So uh, the 25 minute drive to the grocery store is, uh, is done by, you know, the one car that we have, but the idea of getting in a cab or an Uber right now, it just feels so civically awesome. And it's, I feel yeah. like, like you're so, uh, you're so urban. <laughs> it's, just, it's a real joy to think about uh, being able to, you know, interact with other human beings again. It'll come. I know it will, but uh, you know, just for right now, it's just remembering the idea of restaurants and, and bars is like one of the most important things to do because when, when people want to go out when they can, we are going to have places for them. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. They might, they might be different, but they're still going to be there. I think it's for, it's for sure going to be different. I mean, there's, there's, there's no way around that. I mean, even if, even if we found a, a yeah, I don't know. <laughs> it, it, it'll be interesting. I'm, I'm still, I'm really curious to see how, how this all kind of pans out because uh, this is like, this is, this is, I mean, since prohibition, this is probably the biggest thing to affect our industry. Yeah. Um, I mean, um, think about this. Think about when people were super worried about norovirus. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh-huh. Wash your hands. Done. Okay. Uh, and now we've got this. I, I just think it's so interesting. Um, I mean, I also look at it like this. Uh, everybody, when they move, they're moving to a new place. They're still going to call home. Okay. Mm -hmm. But there's always that one box of things that you don't really need. And at some point in your adult life, you get rid of that box of things and then moving so much easier. And then your new place is so much better because you don't have the unneeded stuff. I think that's what restaurants and bars are going to kind of do. They're going to evolve. Mm, I mean, right. of, of all the people in, in kind of workforces, you got to think about how restaurants and bars, and, and I, by bars, I mean bars that are just for drinking, wine bars, anything, any kind of food and drink, hospitality-related business has always changed and adapted because people are always going to want to go out and eat and drink. Mm. And this yeah. becomes that we have to do some takeout for a while, and then we gradually grow back into something else. It's fine. But, you know, we're still going to support each other, especially those of us who, who – I'll, I don't want to cook every meal of my life. No, I want to go out and experience somebody else's food and like, you know, learn and enjoy. And, and I'm going to do that when this is over so somebody else can come out and learn and enjoy it. I'm not the world's best cook by any means, but I know that I can, I can put out a decent, you know, plate of food. And uh, I know that uh, there are a bunch of us like that and who can make drinks, make food and make people happy. And it's going to happen again. It's just going to be a really weird way. Do you think, um, I, I have a theory that, that, uh, Yelp, that Yelp ratings are going to increase uh, exponentially oh. once restaurants open up again when people realize how bad of a cook they are and how good of a cook most of the people that do it for a living yeah. like i you know what this might have been just slightly warmer than i remembered but there weren't 16 screaming kids in, in the <laughs> background because i was because i was quarantined with my brother and his family uh, yeah. and you're gonna have all these funny stories that come out of like by the way this is how it was now i can just sit down and remember oh man this cheeseburger is perfect and i forgot to ask you for that ranch may i have it please mm -hmm. and you're gonna be like oh somebody brought me ranch it's gonna have like little rays of sunshine coming out of it it's gonna look like little specks a of dill. Mm. it's gonna look like a leprechaun found it at the bottom of a rainbow it's gonna be like <laughs> yeah not from my refrigerator it's, ranch. Awesome. it's a ranch made in house not from not from a jar and you know what? Once you, and if you were the person, let's say you were handing me something, I guarantee this is what I miss. Joey, I need a high five. Oh my God. I have like a virtual high five. Seriously. Because <laughs> I don't remember it's, any time I've ever walked into a place where you work or walked out of it and have not high fived you. Right? I know. And it's, dude, I'm suffering from all of this. It's really hard. Like, 
I, I have a couple friends that will still high five me and that's really nice, but most people like <laughs> they still stand six feet away and I have to give them virtual hugs and, and, and I respect it, but oh, I miss high fives so much. <laughs> I yeah. So me much. Too. Uh, I, I mean, I, 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 I keep saying this. I make my wife hug me like, well, I've been trying to get her to hug me at least three times a day because a I need point. like the, I need the physical contact. I need it. <laughs> and, mm-hmm. and we don't get it every day, but, but, um, Man, like you can, so if we miss it for a couple of days and then you get a hug after like two days of like no hug, uh, it makes you want to cry. Like no shit. Like it's insane. Like, um, at least me, right? It makes me want to cry. <laughs> I'm gonna wow, physical touch, physical touch is an important thing. I have only been to Seattle once during this mm-hmm. and one of my best friends, he's the guy who was the, uh, um, he was the, what do you want to call it? The person who is on your wedding certificate. They're the, uh, the witness. The witness. Yeah, so, and then he remarried, he remarried us on our first um, anniversary, and I just, I missed the dude, we talked, like, all the time, but I was like, I had to go to Seattle to pick something up, so I got two blood orange ciders, and I sanitized them, and I went to his house at 11.30 in the morning, and I called him, and he was up, because his landlord had to come by to look at something in his bathroom, but it wasn't going to be there till 1 o'clock, so I said, come out front, and he's like, what do you mean, come out front, and I, st- I stood there, 10 feet away, on like kind of perched on my car, I opened mine. He sat on the steps, and we had a virtual ha- like we had a ha- an actual happy hour. Yeah, that's awesome. in the morning, and he was just by the end of it. Neither of us, I didn't want to leave, but I had to go. I had an appointment. That's the only reason I left the house. Mm-hmm. And he had the landlord coming over, so they don't need odd strange person either. But it was for both of us. We're like, dude, we just want a high five. Yeah, yeah, I need to touch you. <laughs> so I think the next time I do it, what I'm gonna do is I'm going to get one of those uh, things that people use to get things off of shelves, the little reach out arms, little grabbers. Yeah, and then I'm gonna make a handprint on paper, like cardboard, and I'm gonna do like that, and that'll be the high five stick. Not good so enough. Instead of a selfie stick, I'm making a high five stick. High five stick. <laughs> I'll smack it. There you go. Yeah, uh, uh, Todd, Todd Ham did that for me. So he lives a couple miles away from me, so we're we're relatively close. And uh, so we we had a um, we walked to a central park, and he had made a couple cocktails and a flask, and so uh, we we went out and and hung out in a little park and and had a few cocktails uh, at a little, at a little picnic table, you know, 20 feet apart from everybody else. We were kind of close to each other, but, but um, you know, yeah, we stay in contact and we know, we know what's going on COVID wise. We're all clear. <laughs> yeah. You, you know, know. I, I think like, things like that are going to happen that you just, you know, you're going to keep the distance and you're going to be fine. Just, you know, you're not going to scare anybody. I think that's a great thing. I mean, we made, uh, so we just had Cinco de Mayo, right. And mm-hmm. we had all these plans of making, like crazy food and doing margaritas and it turned out we really didn't do any of that until like the Saturday of, of, of that. And, but what's funny is my landlord said, our, our landlords are married. They live right near us, right next door. And, and I said, I was going to make margaritas. Uh, she said, Oh, I'm out of town. I'm at my sister's house. Um, she said, I've never had one. Can I take a rain check? And I, and I was, I was just like, wait a minute, you've never had a margarita. So we made her and her husband uh, in a mason jar, a, a scranch. Say what? I said, is she nineteen? No, 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 no. She, she's uh, she's definitely not nineteen. <laughs> um, but uh, he, I know, has had one. But I made them a mason jar, small mason jar, uh, with all the mix in it, and then I brought them over a Ziploc bag of ice, and I sanitized everything before I brought it over. And I even cut their lime wedges for them and put them in a snack pack bag, mm-hmm. so that all they had to do was put the ice, what ice would fit in the mason jar, and shake it. Yeah, and then put the other ice in the glasses, pour it over it. That neither of them wanted a salt rim, and then just put their lime on the side, and they would thought okay. they didn't, and and I thought it was so cool because 
you know, it reminded me of what we're doing now in restaurants, which are people sell, are selling cocktail kits to go. What do you feel about that? I think that's wonderful. Yeah, that's so. That's actually what Maria is doing. Her episode came out today. Um, she's working down at El Baracho in a Pike Place, and that's what they do: is they've been selling non-alcoholic mix, and then they and an airplane bottle, and then they sell that, and you take that home and you make your own margarita with it. And I, you know, I fucking love it. I mean, it's a way of trying to keep the the industry alive. I don't think it's got legs. I don't think it'll last um, for a while because I think. <laughs> Once I mean, you can open as a, as a bartender, I, I, I simplify it too, because I, I don't appreciate myself as much as I should. And I think that I think Trust me, we appreciate you. Yeah, I know. But I, I think that, I think that it's easy to make drinks also. And so I think, you know, that's actually one reason I'm doing this and I'm putting up YouTube videos is so people can make drinks at home. So if I can't make them for them, at least they can still drink decent quality drinks. I mean, it took me a while to learn how to make any drink, any drink you make, it takes you, a few different times to make it good, right? Because if, yep. if you're like creating something versus following a recipe. I mean, I was going to bug you when I was making the margarita and I was going to be like, whoa, okay, you've made more margar you've made more margaritas in an hour than I've made in my life. <laughs> so I'm text you and be like, hey, do you think it's okay to use a Grand Marnier and triple sec at the same time? Or, and then I was like, you know what, just follow the recipe and you'll learn from it. And I, I like doing that as well, but a well-made cocktail has something in it that well-made food does too. And it's confidence. Mm -hmm. And I think that in this time when people go, no, 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 you can make a Negroni at home. Really? It's equal parts, this, this, and this, if you want it this way, or you can change something. But for those of us who don't make drinks all the time, like the confidence that comes in a well-crafted cocktail is a thing of beauty. Yeah. Well, I, I appreciate that. I, I, I mean, I, I, I agree with you too, because I mean, I, I go out and, and I, I have a drink made by someone who cares and you can tell you have a drink yeah. made by someone who doesn't care. And, and that's something I'll even tell my wife. I'm like, man, this doesn't, this, this guy doesn't, or this guy or gal, this person doesn't care about making drinks. Like their priorities are somewhere else. Cause this drink is, it doesn't taste like shit, but it's, you, you could tell that they skipped a step or they did, they, you know, they shook it instead of stirred it or, you know, they didn't even pay attention to the details that, that, you know, are, are important to yeah. the little thing that you're making. Be a professional, you know, like show up, give a shit. Well, you know, that was something that I think that was instilled in me at a young age, partially because of my, my, um, my, my church upbringing and my name, because my name is Joseph and, and there's that guy in the Bible with the coat with all the colors. Oh yeah. I got a mind. That's the guy my mom named me after. Um, and, and one of his best traits, if you look at that story, um, it, uh, he, he was a character, um, that lived uh, as an Israeli while they were enslaved to the Egyptians, right? For historical reasons, for people who don't know, they made a cartoon movie about it years ago. But one of his best traits was um, regardless of where he was and what situation he was in, whether it was his choice or someone else's choice. Um, it was always someone else's choice, by the way, it was forced labor. He was a slave. <laughs> yes. Um, but he, he would take pride in his work. Because he felt that, I mean, th that's all he had was, was to, was to, was his integrity, you know, and, and it was something like, regardless of the situation you're in, you know, whether you're bagging groceries or, you know, painting a wall or building a fence or, or, you know, on wall street, you know, always strive to be the best at what you do. And so, I mean, for, for, for that, that, that was one of those things that, that I think, um, you know, was imparted on me by my mom back in the day and the conversations we would have, but 
But at the same time, I think you can really tell the people that want to be a good bartender, you know, that give a shit about that kind of stuff, you know. And yeah. And uh, so I guess I've always had an ex a special appreciation for that just because you can tell that someone has, you know, that that integrity of, of this is what totally. represents me. And so I'm going to make it good. Yeah. And, and, and it's not something and for a lot of people. I don't sometimes I don't know if they realize, um, but the more you do things in a better way, like practice doesn't make perfect, but perfect practice makes perfect. Right. If you do things the right way multiple times in a row, you're getting better practice at it and you're getting better at it. And yeah. you know, I think it's there's a Dude, that's actually, where, real, the, real the quick, thing, one of my favorite Tony Robbins quotes is he says, The key to mastery is repetition. Yeah, you just uh, you just nailed it. Yeah, exactly. The key the key to mastery is repetition, and you and you've got to go through it. You have to live those experiences, and I think that that's another thing that makes this restaurant and 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 this industry so important for us and for our guests is the fact that we have done these things so many times that we feel comfortable and confident in having someone in and doing them for them. It I mean a great restaurant experience to me is like going to somebody's house for a party. There's okay. going to be some loud people over there. There's going to be some quiet people over there. Uh, everybody can get what they really what they want. If they don't, we'll find it for them. Uh, and we're all just here to have a great time and feel good. And, mm -hmm. you know, it's one of those things where it's like, so, okay. My part people of me. People have a better expectation at a party, too, because they don't – you show up at a party way different than you do at a restaurant, right? You show totally. up at a party just to, like, enjoy the time. Yep. You know, with, a, with a better expectation, I feel. I mean, it's like the first time you went to somebody's place and they had really good guacamole and you're like, whoa, this is the, the best guacamole I've ever had. Why did you make I didn't know that guacamole tasted like this. <laughs> yeah. And you're just like, whoa, this changed my mind. But you weren't there like to, to, to grade the guacamole. You weren't there to like, you know, investigate and write a blog about it. You were just there to be a human and have fun with your friends. And all of a sudden you're like, wow. And that's, and you couldn't get that experience in restaurants. And I think that's one of the, the wonderful things of why we keep doing what we do and ref, you know, refining our craft and making sure that we, we educate ourselves and we keep going forward is because the more that we can actually learn about ourselves and what we do, the better that we can convey that in our skills through food and drink to other people. And I think that we're just, we're always going to be learning. We're always students, especially of ourselves and the world around us. Yeah. I mean, those of us that, that want any kind of success are anyways. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I mean, you know, some people are going to, you know, make shoes. Some people are going to mail it in. Some people are in a sandbag, but uh, I mean, that's every job. So it's every, you know, every industry has people that don't give a shit, you know, but, but the people they, they have by the water cooler instead of, you know, actually getting work done. Yeah. Uh, sometimes you need people and you know people who really and actually just that's they do but they're the glue maybe that holds everybody together everybody does something different but those of us that's who exactly that's exactly it because everybody can't be a dreamer like you <laughs> you need you need uh assemblyman you know uh that that was actually um i remember having uh, when we had ben on remember ben from cantina oh i love ben i miss ben a lot so ben had an episode here and and he is very much like that was one of the things that he that he exemplified what or it, he focused on it was was that that um you know he he really appreciated coming to work and helping to make someone else's vision come to fruition you know he he just had that mindset where he's like you know I, I, my brain's over here it's focusing on these things and so when i'm at work i want to do this you know i want to be i want to be told what to do do it and i'll do it as good as anyone else yep and Ben is one of those people you that you always want to work with as a as a as a person of of, of you know a culinary capacity because Ben brings himself to work. He leaves mm -hmm. the weird. He leaves anything weird outside of work. Uh, he's very you know, selfless too. Yeah, he's very selfless. 
and he's fun to work with and he cares about what he does. And because of that, his food tastes delicious. It's great. He puts love into it. He doesn't have to reinvent the wheel. Nor does he want to because he's a smart enough guy. He's got other interests. This well, is- he knows that the wheel fucking works. He's, he's smart yeah. enough to acknowledge that. He's like, that, that wheel turns really well. Can I just yeah. keep making the wheel that turns well? <laughs> yeah, exactly. He's such a smart guy. He's one of those people where if you find yourself that you got to start picking teams, I'm picking him pretty early. Oh, yeah, you know? for sure. Not but right, he's back in right Idaho right. now. So you, if you want him to work for you, you got to open a restaurant in, in Idaho. Because I just talked to him the other day and, and he, <laughs> he, moved, he moved back. <laughs> oh, they moved back to Idaho? Yeah, they moved in with they moved in with um, his wife's mother had in this hundred uh, year old house, um, just this monster of a house, and, and uh, they've got they've got their thing going there. I think during this time they just they consolidated. You know, they went they went back to family and just and just made it as tight that's as they cool. could. Yeah, that's that's cool. I'm very happy for them. I'm gonna text them after this and say hi. And Dude, sure text him like I I've got an open invite to go visit him, so I want to try to plan a road trip at some point to go out. To oh, oh, let me know. I will be down. Yeah, wouldn't that be fun? Just do like a yeah. little caravan out there and bug the fuck out of him for a week. Totally. <laughs> and we can travel again. Yeah, yeah right. <laughs> Once they open up camping. <laughs> you know, speaking of speaking of restaurants changing and travel, I think you might like this, but this is a little aside. I have a friend who has a pretty successful restaurant outside of Pittsburgh, mm-hmm. and I've never been there. Uh, I saw him when he and his wife uh, got engaged uh, ten years ago, and then I saw them again five months ago. Mm-hmm. And that decade in the middle, just everything happened. Like, you know, I got married. Yeah, they what had happens kids. in 10 years? <laughs> but they opened this restaurant and they said, hey, we're going to come out to visit. Uh, we haven't had a vacation in four years. So we, I got super excited. We met them in Portland. Uh, we talked all about it. Now his restaurant has become a to-go operation. And mm-hmm. they're, doing, they're doing good. They're, they're keeping their staff. Um, some people obviously didn't want to work. Um, they, they chose to do other things or travel to go with their families and stuff. But he said they're doing great. He said now... With the way this, the way restaurants have tra- like changed, uh, he said like because they don't even have a bar program, they just have beer and wine. Mm-hmm. And he said, law, huh? he said now when this opens, when this opens up, and he said he doesn't know if he wants to have a regular restaurant anymore. He wants to do the to-go food sales that everybody's loving. Yeah. He wants to open a portion of a small cafe, and then he wants to make the inside dining more like you're going to somebody's house for a party. You're going to check off what proteins animal or not that you like. You're going to put which vegetables in season that he's using right now that you like. And he's going to make a menu for you. Mm. That might, and that might be involved in also bringing in a friend of his to create a cocktails for a, a dinner party or things like mm-hmm. that. And he said, this could be something that happens a few nights a week. Whereas, you know, the cafe side will be kind of like the what's open, but he said, this could be a really cool, thing to do when it opens back up and people want to have the feeling sometimes like they've been having with big dinners at home with their family when they're forced to but now this could be something that's that you're going to choose to do and, and so i think that's a really cool thing that to look forward to is like how this restaurant will restaurants and, and, and bars and such will change even for the better it's going to be even more warming yeah that's really cool i like that concept i i, I and i really um i really like that concept actually i, I like the, the opposite idea. It's like the opposite of a prefix fine dine yeah. where you don't, they're going to tell you what you have to eat. Mm-hmm. It's more like, like, um, like we did at Cantina when we had, a, when we would have events and we put out a nacho and, and taco bar. Yes. Basically. I love those. Go get whatever tacos and whatever nachos you want. Hang out in the back room, play some ski ball, high five your friends, come over and get a margarita when you're ready for it. That all worked really well. And it only took one server to work the whole room of like, Super you know, fun. up to, up to 80, 70, 80 people. Yeah, fifty was. I think fifty was our our max, and we got up to a, over a hundred a couple times. But 
Yeah, we had some pretty crazy things going on back there. It's pretty cool. <laughs> but that was just that place. But still, one person serving 50 is is pretty pretty efficient. Um, yeah, that's really efficient. Yeah. Okay, I think of restaurants where I've worked where we had 30 seats and we had 14 cooks. Mm -hmm. So And so, so that, that, that to me tells me if, if I can serve that like 50 people just by myself all at once, Whereas if those 50 people were to come into the restaurant all at the same time, that would take three different people. Maybe we should just change the pay scale of everything. <laughs> if yeah. that's how restaurants go anyways, I don't know. I'm just spitballing out here. And there, and there are so many people out there who are having these conversations right now because you know that people are going to go back out to eat and drink because mm -hmm. we're social beings that really do derive pleasure, well, not just fuel from food and drink. Yeah. And we're going to figure out every way. culture, man. Every culture has food and the spirit that is like relative to their culture. Like you go anywhere in the world and like, there's like somebody's making some mash shit in a, in a plastic tub in the back of their house or, you know, in a fine still somewhere, you know, there's, there's people are finding a way to eat and to eat and drink. Yes. Um, they are. It's, it's one of the things that connects us all now, as well as coronavirus. <laughs> yeah. We have a few things that connect us all as a species. And, um, you know, Actually, we're in the middle yeah, of one of them at the moment. I think it's food and drink. I think it's the coronavirus. And there's one more we're missing. It's, oh, yeah, yeah, memes about toilet paper. That's what's connecting us as well. I'd, I'd say banging, too. Yeah, well, everybody that, likes, obviously. That, everybody that, likes that, to bang. I mean, so in one that, way or another. I don't want to be graphic about it. But. I think I think if, uh, if this has been said by many people, the way I would phrase it is, I think that at our best, we can be an, uh, we can be an accomplice to someone uh, getting laid. <laughs> I know. At a restaurant. You know, as a bartender, I've been I've been an accomplice and I've been a deterrent wherever. <laughs> <I've seen it. laughs> well, I, you know, it's funny. I met my wife uh, at one of the restaurants where we used to work, and mm -hmm. she was waiting for her sister, who ended up no showing. Something had happened, uh, but well, she got stiff by her, she got no showed by the sis. That's but cool. sister, yes. Mm -hmm. And I don't remember what happened. I think it was a family thing, but uh, I think she, the, the date maybe got mixed up. But either way, I ended up talking to my to that, that beautiful woman, but it was at the bar with the uh -huh. great bartender. And we like, and it, it just, it was a magic evening. And then we went out for a walk afterwards and there was a concert they were supposed to go to. So I took the second ticket and, you know, and then we ended the night at a wine bar, uh, Lake Cavies, which I love that place in downtown. Sure. And I can't wait to go there again. And uh, like, you know, a lot of my life has revolved around things that happen in restaurants, but I'm super stoked that we're not only did we meet at the bar seating of a restaurant, but we had also got married uh, without telling anybody at this restaurant in, in Iceland, we just showed up, sat down at the bar area. They made us a drink. We, our, our attorney walked in and he married us in our Icelandic sweaters. We looked like total tourists awesome. and we got married at the bar and they mentioned us. They keep mentioning us in there about things like once a year and they go over and they go and, and don't ever forget that that crazy American couple that surprised us and got married at the bar. I yeah. Mean, that's, that's awesome. Man. That's really cool. We, that's, we love restaurants. I mean, you gave them something to talk about like for years. That's like part of that bar now, which is super cool. Yeah, it was, it was, it was a pretty cool experience. It really was to be, awesome. like, to be the cool tourists for once was, uh, was, was in all my travels. I was the coolest. That's hard to do, right? To be the, to be the cool tourist. That's almost like a, a, a an oxymoron. Mm -hmm. Cause to be a tourist is almost, is to just put yourself in that exposure and just be, and just be, uh, somewhat shameless right and to, you're just gonna put it out there yep i wear cargo shorts and uh <laughs> mismatched socks like i'm dressed for comfort in a in a climate i'm not used to <laughs> exactly <laughs> i don't think that's been better said 
I travel, you know, I know I, I'm a tourist in my own rights. Um, <laughs> I think, I, I think I want to jump into the cocktail at this point. I think we're, we're, we're moving along quite nicely. <laughs> uh, question. Do you like your Fernet warm or cold? Uh, I guess I'd say room temperature. I, I, I don't put it in the refrigerator for sure. I like, I like full flavor Fernet. I like it both ways. Um, I, I, uh, I like it for how it tastes different. Um, when it's hot out, I like colder. When it's cold, I like warmer. Sure, I can uh, see that. So I think um, if I'm just drinking Fernet, I usually just pour it from the bottle into the glass. But in a cocktail, whenever it's chilled and stirred over ice, uh, it's it's always good. So the only it's thing so- I've noticed is is the colder something is, I feel like a lot of times the less flavor you get. Totally. But also that might just help you if, if you drink it over. If I mean if. If you just shoot it, then that's one thing. But if you're sipping it at cold and then and then you drink it at warm too, it, it, it helps you to maybe find a different appreciation for some of the different flavors in it. So it, it, yes. it I, I think if you want to really train your palate, you know, you should drink it at all temperatures just to try to figure out kind of what, you know, how totally. you, how your tongue works. <laughs> I uh I drank cold fernet right before I got a fernet tattoo and then I had warm fernet right afterwards. Nice. Nice. <laughs> <laughs> the cold one just for the a- alcohol to get you there, and then the warm one because you felt good. Yeah. About it. And the and the uh, three and a half hours of the tattoo was done as well. So yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know you know a thing or two about that. Oh, I, I, uh, a couple things. Yeah, a couple <laughs> couple. All right. So we are doing this drink, huh? Yep. So the drink we are doing today, Eric Stover. I know you were a big fan of Fernet. And the first, the first cocktail that you requested uh, per your uh, application to the podcast was the Toronto. However, we did the Toronto, I think, in episode two. Yeah, I looked back. I believe it was. It was really early on. Um, and I don't argue with you at all. The Toronto is a fantastic drink. I love it. It's really, really good. But uh, since we've done it, I wanted to try to find a different Fernet cocktail just because why not broaden our view totally that and put it in more things i i love i love the idea of 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 knowing how to use it in several different variations that's what i've been doing with the chartreuse i have in my cabinet as well we've been making a few different chartreuse cocktails i've, I've loved your chartreuse cocktails i really yeah, do the, dude the rodriguez sour is something oh. i would run at cantina like tomorrow if if we open tomorrow it would be on the cocktail menu tomorrow and i would be there to have two of them yeah, that Rodriguez sour. I've been drinking it since I made it <laughs> for the for the for her episode, which was about three weeks ago, I think. Um, and it's it's no shit. It's one of my favorite tequila cocktails right now. It is so good. It is so good, especially with the spicy tequila. Like you do the Serrano tequila or the habanero tequila that we had at Cantina would be even. It'd be fire. Um, so I'm going, to, I'm going to do that this weekend. Actually, I'm going to uh, infuse the tequila with the Serrano like you did. Uh, and then, uh, cause I don't like a lot of simple in my drinks and my wife doesn't as well. Yeah. Uh, so we, we kind of only use simple as we need it around here. And we're actually bigger fans of agave. So, uh, when I saw, when I heard that, that podcast and I, I just, I really was like, okay, that's the cocktail we're making. This yeah, weekend. man. Yeah. It's, it's like I said, I think, I think the pepper, and if you do the 24 hour infusion on it, you get a really good pepper flavor along mm-hmm. with the heat. Cause the heat, I feel like you get in the first like 12 to 16 hours, like, you're going to extract most of the heat if you chop the pepper up fine enough. Um, and then after that, you're uh, honestly, I fuck even like the eight to 12 hours, probably like most of the heat comes out pretty quick. 
Yeah. But then the next 12 hours gives you that pepper flavor of whatever the unique pepper that you're using for the tequila. So Serrano's habaneros, like those peppers have really, really good flavor to them beyond the heat. Right. Yeah. And so if, if you leave them in there for, for just that full day and even a day and a half, two days, sometimes like it just pulls all of that pepper flavor out and then you get you, and then you just have that element in the drink that, that just kind of gives you that, that, that clean, kind of metallic pepper flavor that that you can only really get from that so. yeah i'm excited <laughs> nice um anyways so today's drink um we'll do that is the hanky panky i love the name yeah it is an old old ass drink um it's a uh i'd say pre-prohibition era cocktail um the history on it is uh it was it was the brainchild of ada coleman uh, she was known as Coley, and she was the bartender at the Savoy Hotel in 1903. Um, Just the name alone really kind of hit that era for me. As soon as I heard that, like, my mindset was there. Yeah, yeah. And so um, she worked at the Savoy's American Bar in London. Um, and the, the customer at the time was an actor. His name was Sir Charles Hawtrey. Um, I, I, the date on here, I guess, is his lifespan, 1858 to 1923, so early 1900s. Um, so her little history, I guess, is uh, her benefactor was Rupert Do Oily Carte is D apostrophe O Y L Y. So you pronounce that? I don't know how. Oh, o Y L Y D apostrophe O Y L Y. Oily. De Oily. Uh, the Oily Carte. He's a member of the family that first produced Gilbert and Sullivan operas in London that built the Savoy Hotel. So when Rupert became the chairman of the Savoy, Ada was given a position at the hotel's American bar where she eventually became the head bartender and made, cocktail and made cocktails for the likes of Mark Twain, the Prince of Wales, Prince Wilhelm of Sweden, and Sir Charles Hawtrey. Coleman created the Hanky Panky for Hotry. He was a Victorian and Edwardian, Edwardian actor who mentored Noel Coward. Um, Sir, I think Sir Noel Pierce Coward. Coleman told the story behind the creation of the Hanky Panky to England's people in 1925. The late Charles Hotry was one of the best judges of cocktails that I knew, she said. Some years ago when he was overworking, he used to come into the bar and say, Coley, I'm tired. Give me something with a bit of a punch in it. It was for him that I spent hours experimenting until I had invented a new cocktail. The next time he came in, I told him I had a new drink for him. He sipped it and draining the glass, he said, bye, Jove. That is the real hanky panky. <laughs> it has been called ever since. That's awesome. <laughs> Um, the hanky panky is a variation on the sweet martini and as such, it calls for gin and sweet vermouth in equal parts. But Coley's secret ingredient was Fernet. Um, by adding a couple dashes of it, she transformed it into a whole new drink. Um, and, and if you've ever had Fernet, you know, that is a very powerful, powerful drink with a lot of dominant flavors. And so the, the, the drink itself is a, a very simple, uh, originally three ingredient cocktail so it was an ounce and a half of gin an ounce and a half of sweet vermouth and then two dashes of bitters which is um one twelfth of an ounce 
you know, whatever, whatever. Some, someone, someone went and did the math for me online, and I found that um, there was a variation in the early 2010s, I guess, that someone added uh, like like a quarter ounce of orange juice to it. For I think that's for people who have a little bit of a hard time with fernet. It softens it a little bit. It gives the drink a little bit of a cloudiness and a little more sugar content. Um, and so the for some people, you know, the bitterness of the fernet can be a lot for some people. And so it just it just kind of softens that because you garnish it with an orange peel, so you're highlighting mm-hmm. orange um, flavors in it. But uh, I'm making it today without the orange juice, but I do have the orange peel because I think the orange citrus oils are all I really need. I don't need a lot of sugar. Um, so I'm going to make the drink. Um, and cool. We'll take a time out. Want to watch Joey make the cocktail? Find all of our videos on our website at lifefromthewell.com or go to YouTube and subscribe to our channel, Life From The Well. I don't know if anybody's ever made your cocktail while you've had them on, mm-hmm. but I actually made your cocktail. You did? Yep. Wait, is that what you're drinking right now, or you said your, your wife already had it? I'm having Fernet. I made it for my wife, uh, so we're going to try it after the show. Nice. So, uh, Hanky Panky. Beauteous. That's actually, that's a good looking drink. I, I would, drink. It looks like a whiskey cocktail, but it's a gin. It cocktail. does, and, but it smells so intoxicating. It's really good. Mm. Yeah, those orange oils on top are really nice too. Uh, I have to admit that we didn't have an orange uh, to do that with. So what I did was drop uh, a little bit of Grand Marnier on top. Okay, give yourself a little citrus. A little citrus note, so. So I didn't want to go out and uh, do some unnecessary shopping for uh, an orange that I should have already bought because I didn't think I had it. So, <laughs> understandable. Like the, 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 I, I'm all about trying to make things that I have already, so, or utilize what I have, anyways. So, um, yeah, I really like the idea of this drink, and I really like the idea of it being in a very classic glass. And it's the kind of drink that you really can enjoy. It's 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 uh it's it's late. Mm-hmm. It's got definite body. It's got interesting, and it's got mysterious. Mm-hmm. It's um, damn it's delicious. Like the Toronto, but but with gin. On it. <laughs> like I guess it's a it's a funny way to put it, but like totally, it's just so much light. It's a lot lighter, and then you have like those those you know the whatever gin you're using, like the dominant herbs and you know juniper, cutting through. You know, this um, the, jun- the juniper and the fernet, like, they're both so dominant that they just kind of dance with each other, you know. And then this there's that the- sweetness from the sweet vermouth that uh, it just kind of it just kind of comes right in and softens like any bitterness that would leave your tongue like feeling too dry. The sweet so vermouth is right there to to balance it out. So um, nice. Thanks for thanks for bringing this drink to my attention man this is a good one well thank you uh, and you'll love this because you know murray sense this mm-hmm. so yep. this drink literally reminded me of so the first time i had it in toronto i was sitting at murray stence's bar when he was at uh, uh zigzag? zigzag yeah and i i just remember he said what do you like and i said uh i like whiskey i like fernet and he said well okay then and he just walked away and he came back with something Mm-hmm. And I loved it. But this, this, the hanky panky reminds me of a drink. It, it so in its bones reminds me of you. If you looked at Murray and said, Murray, I, I just, I feel like a whiskey cocktail, but I don't want a whiskey cocktail. Mm-hmm. He would go, give me a second. And he'd come back and go, this is a hanky panky. Turn of the century and give you a quick story. He'd walk away. 
And he just, uh, like, this is like, that's the kind of drink that like when you go and this kind of circles back to what we're talking about, about uh, like kind of graciousness and like uh, hospitality, but that's the kind of drink that a bartender who knows you, who understands, you know, like you're, you're, you're a regular, you come in or you've had a good rapport. um, They're going to go, Hey, let me try this out on you. And, I think with this drink, like I would be so happy at your bar. I would just be like, man, you just made a new drink that's in my repertoire at home now. Except so I, can't I, think I would have made it with um, with Fernet Valet, which is the the Mexican Fernet that we had. Oh, I missed that. That, that honestly, that would have been that would have been really really good too. <laughs> yeah, and it's just like it gives you a new direction to go because you're thinking like, wow, this is this is amazing, and you can personalize it. So I I, I thank you. It's it's a it's, it's a wonderful gift of a, of a new creation. It's awesome, man. Love that. Love it. Uh, so let's let's get into the the the, the personal side of all of this uh, personal experiences and um, just working in the industry. Um, I like to I like to take people down the path of, and we like to revisit some of our favorite regulars, um, some of the grossest things that have happened. Um, you know, just highlights and lowlights along the way. Um, totally, let's do it. Yeah, yeah. So. I, do you have anything off off the cuff, or do you want me to get specific? I've seen so many weird things in this industry in my time. I mean, so I'm 41, and I started when I was 13, mm-hmm. um, and I went to college during that too. So you throw that in there, and that's a nasty little Russian roulette cocktail of who can do what the most and not get away with it. And uh, <laughs> right. by not getting away with it, we mean we all see it. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I love the fact that there's there's so many, and it, yes, it can be trying at times, but there's so many different uh areas of the equation in a restaurant and bar setting that uh my favorite ones are tickets my favorite ones are how pe- how servers and bartenders put in tickets and try to convey what the guest has asked them for <laughs> and sometimes it's like a game of telephone yeah uh, sometimes you you just you think it's gibberish or like the printer malfunctions and sometimes you just straight up think that they're messing with you mm-hmm. for instance uh what what i think one of my favorite ones was i would like an egg white omelet over easy. <laughs> no, you would like a smoothie. Yeah. What? <laughs> Those are, that is one of my favorite things. Tickets that come in. That's one of my favorite things about this business. How you can, sometimes you can put a joke on there and you know, make somebody else's night funny. Sometimes you read it and you get one of those 14 tops where the ticket machine keeps running and at the end of it. It says, mm-hmm. good luck. Godspeed. You know, it's like, you know, I love things like that. It's like, it's, it's, yeah. it's inside jokes like that. I think are some of the most fun about what we do, but mm-hmm. I'm a pretty, I think I'm a pretty chill guy. I like to work with people. Uh, I know that everybody's not going to be the same and you can't treat everybody the same, but you can treat them with the same level of respect and, and mm-hmm. capacity for, you know, generosity and things like that. Uh, you know what but, I want to say, like, as a, as a chef, I really appreciate that about you too, because I feel like, I feel like, um, I don't, I don't want to call anyone out or, or you know, sick, you know, point fingers or anything, but I, I do feel that in, in our industry, the, the, the chef has kind of gotten away with the temper tantrum f- for longer than they should have. I uh, agree hundred percent because I grew up with some of those chefs who mm-hmm. got away with that for too long. And I, 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 one of my great friends who lives in Phoenix, he's a chef there. He said, you got to remember that you learn two things in restaurants. You learn what to do and what not to do. Mm-hmm. And that, that's about life in general, but in restaurants, especially you learn what not to do to other people because a restaurant's all about people. If you make it about the food or your ego, then, then everybody can tell. Well, that's when you start screaming, <laughs> you know, yeah. I mean, unless you're Gordon Ramsay, I think he pretty much owns that one. Other than that, uh, you know, just make your own way. Be nice. Well, it's funny because like Ramsay became famous 
at being the best at that, right? At just being the best dickhead. Um, uh, and then, and then there's all these people that tried to follow suit, but then we're at that by the fact that he made it like common. It, I think, I think it gave like everyone else kind of the idea of like, shut up. You're not Gordon. Like you're not making Gordon's food. You know, if, if you want to, if you want to have that attitude, you got to raise your standards too. And even then, like, if you want to have that attitude, maybe you shouldn't like people need to be talked to in, in, a, in a different tone a lot of the time. Yeah, I don't want you to yell at me if I mess up. If I mess up a plate and I accidentally put pinto beans on it, and somebody was specifically said no beans, I'm gonna remake the plate. I'm not gonna like just yeah. take the beans off and have the beans still, you know, the bean residue there. Like I care about what I do, and I, care about I, and I care about the people I do it with. So right. that's the, that's the job number one right there is make sure that you are in life that you can be humble and that you can you remember that it's not about you it's about us and i think that that's a really cool thing about this industry and, and what we do is that it's about us the more we do us the more we do us better right so, well it allows you to take the focus off of yourself too right and i feel like anytime that you can take the focus off of yourself you become a better person <laughs> yeah totally 100% I, I agree with you i love the interaction between guest and bartender it's one of my favorite things not just to be a part of, but also to sit next to, because you can see somebody go from, I had a bad day and I don't feel great to, Oh man, I'm glad that that that's over too. Yeah. Oh, that's right. The Mariners playing tonight. I totally forgot about that. You can see that happen in the course of like five, to 10 minutes sometimes. And it's so cool to see because you know, we, we are trying to make people's day better. We're not trying to make it any worse. Like Dude. you came in here to feel good. That's what we do. We're, we're in charge of feel good. You just hit the nail on the head for like, what drove most of my days of seeing people come in that were beaten down by life and they sat in my bar. And then by the time they left, they had a smile on their face that, that was, that, that gave me purpose in life <laughs> I've had some you know, really to be able to turn days. someone's day around in, you know, with, with a drink and a conversation um, that, that, that that's special, man. It's really special. And it, you know, it makes you feel important. Yeah, I've had some really rough days where I, you know, it was it was completely taxing, both physically, emotionally. And I sat down at your bar. And by the time I left, you know, we're high fiving. I'm ready to go on the rest of my night. Uh, and I feel in good spirits, not because I sat down and imbibed a bunch of alcohol or, or ate too much. It was because in moderation of of things with each other and combination, I should say, of things with each other of good conversation, good humanity, good food, good drink. Like I, that was a good restorative. Mm-hmm. Per, that was a good sort of uh, pathway for check me. off like eight boxes while you're there and you walk out you know restaurants are supposed to be restorative that's what they're supposed to be by, by means you know and and i think that that is one yes. of the things i most i also will say that i've been you know i've gone to your bar sat at your bar on one of the happiest days of my life when i proposed to my wife and you guys were slow for some reason on a sunday and i remember todd ham was standing out front and we were like, well, what's up with you guys? And I was like, she, my wife's like waving her hand and she's like, ah, and I'm like, yeah, and I wanted to go there because I was like, you know, we, we could have gone anywhere that night. You know, it's like, in this, you know, pick, pick wherever you want to go. First place, have your mouth. Cantina Lena. They're like family. So, you know, it's, yeah. I'm, like I said, it's, 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 it's a thing for me. It's awesome, man. What's the grossest thing you've ever had to deal with? Oh man. Okay. I'm going to go with Ballard. Uh-huh. 2008. Uh, I'm the chef of a small restaurant, and there's one restroom. We only had 24 seats. Uh, and I had been back on the line working the hotline. The kitchen is a closet, basically. and But we were doing great stuff. Everybody worked there. It was really awesome. Really great, great vibe. Um, 
And I have to say, our kitchen was kicking ass. We were doing a great job. And it was my first chef's job. And, uh, you know, we learned a lot from it. But we, we all, we, we support each other. And so you always had that culture of if you're the first person there, then you take care of it till other people can help you. So if somebody broke a glass and I'm standing there, I'm like, I can grab the broom really quickly and get that. Someone will grab a towel. You know, it's teamwork. Mm-hmm. Well, I had been on the line for cooking for probably six hours straight. We were so busy. I had not been able to get off, let alone have a, a more than a, 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 just a sip of water. And I need to use the restroom. And I turned the corner, which is literally, I just walked out from the kitchen. It was kind of a oh, half open kitchen. I just turned the corner in a small space. And I went to the, the door and it was closed. And there was a woman with her hands on it who proceeded to almost, it was frightening. It was like poltergeist uh, level of, situation of vomit onto that door that hit so hard was she like close door, to it she had her hands on the door and she she went so hard and that, that projectile vomit so hard into that door that it hit the door the floor the wall her and the side of my face at the same <laughs> time and i'm the person who has to go into the back and actually cook food again after this and so and we were super busy and there's a table right next to them luckily that's the table she was where she was sitting and her friends were able to take care of her but right. um we made sure we got some water and we cleaned up real quick but that that is probably the grossest thing i've ever had to deal with as a as a professional cook because yeah. i don't know what that woman had but it was kind of like somebody made a molotov cocktail out of things that shouldn't go together mm-hmm. it was like if, it was like the opposite of tie-dye it was like if something like imploded and all of his atoms were like you know redispersed in very disgusting ways onto a wall in the side of your face. Uh, pro tip for people who don't know how to handle other people's vomit, um, kosher salt. Was it? Kosher salt. Everybody has a box of it in their house. Mm-hmm. Uh, at least they should. Um, but kosher salt on top of that will, uh, how do I put this in a very nice way? All the grossness will be sucked up by the salt most likely. And you can, mm. in, unless it's a really crazy circumstances, you you can usually sweep it up and throw it away and then just wash the broom and whatnot. Yeah. Uh, but kosher salt, kosher salt is something that will take care of a lot of those problems. If you're in a restaurant, somebody decides they're going to be, you know, just suddenly ill. Kosher salt is a great fix all, man. It, it's good on a margarita. It cleans oh, yeah. up all of it and it keeps you from slipping when there's ice out. It's, it's a, it's a, it's a win, win, win. <laughs> One other weird thing I have to bring up about restaurants that, uh, is we've said the grossest, we've said the more fun, but I got to think of the strangest thing ever. Uh-huh. Yeah. And the strangest thing ever that I ever walked into in a restaurant was uh <laughs> by chance uh by chance alone um I did not realize that I was going to be walking into this but I was cleaning the front of the restaurant in this place where the cooks ended up cleaning the dining room at the end of the night too or the end of the day too. And so I was there and, and wiping things up and, and doing whatever and I walked into the back and this was in Missouri. So, uh, and this was in the n- late nineties. So, um, it's college town. So college kids do what college kids are going to do. And, uh, walked into the store and put something away. And one of the guys who worked there had a five pound bag of bud, five pounds. And he looked at me like I was the police. He, uh, that he sounds like my kind of guy. <laughs> But uh, I, ha- I was speechless. And so I just said, um, hey. And he looked at me and said, so where do we go from here? And the only answer I had to it for him was probably the house next door to mine because they're, they're huge into 
that. So uh, if you need the address, I'll give it to you. And then we both laughed. And I went back to what I was doing. He went back to what he was doing. He was a good guy to work with, but he didn't realize that he would key in on his own time and use the scale at the restaurant to parcel things out. <laughs> Ingenious. I mean, he's using a scale that's very well, you know, measured and taken care of. The state. Yeah, that's precise. Precise, man. And uh, so we sold things to go. And um, he was selling his own stuff to go, but uh, he just used the restaurant for it. And the owners would have lost their minds if they knew. Uh, he, he left probably like four or five months later. He was moving to a different city and he left on great terms with everybody. But, uh, I then found out years later what his Christmas present was to everybody. And it wasn't so shocking. <laughs> I think that was kind of the deal. If you look the other way, then Christmas is real nice for you. <laughs> yeah. I'd work with that guy. That sounds like a nice guy to work with. He was so great. He was a great cook. He was a really great cook, but he had, definitely had uh, two green thumbs. I'll say that. <laughs> you know what? That, uh, some of the, some of the best, um, how do I say this without whatever? Some of the best weed I've ever gotten has been from cooks. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I if you think about it, threw it in their in their attic. Like, um, it, uh, yeah, for sure. People who do things with their hands mm-hmm. tend to be good at doing things with their hands. And <laughs> imagine that. And I think that some people who have green thumbs, um, they like the challenge of of you know. Something that's going to struggle, yeah, but, but you know how to help it not struggle as much. And I think that some cooks are just really good gardeners. They really are. I know so many people, so many cooks who, like, have to grow something all the time. I do not have green thumbs, or at least I don't know that I do. Can, can, we, cue, can we cue that Mitch Hedberg joke, by the way? Have you ever Which heard one's that? Where he said, um, <laughs> where he, was, he was comparing uh, being a comedian and then them, him, then people are producers in Hollywood. I would, I would imagine asking him to write scripts like, Oh, you're a comedian. Can you be a writer? He's like, that's like asking a chef. Hey man, you cook really good food. Can you grow some carrots? (laughs) But it's funny because (laughs) when he told that joke back in the nineties, I was like, Oh, that's really funny. But nowadays I'm like, man, I don't want to eat food from a chef who can't grow carrots. (laughs) Yeah. Right. Uh, I, I want that guy to understand the finer aspects of how food works, right? Yeah, exactly. From you know, from 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 soil up, it's 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 important. And uh, mm-hmm. I think the more that we know about what we do, and the more that we know about what we what we're using and what we're feeding people, that's the best. And I think that's something that could come out of this as well. Yeah. Um, uh, not to get in political or anything. Uh, keep it totally you know totally grassroots. But we do our I think best. You're, I think you're going to find restaurants that are good are going to be better after this because they're going to know exactly what they want to do. Mm-hmm. And you're going to, those things that are the big corporation things that people just spend money on because it's fuel. Uh, or maybe that's, you know, I mean, don't get me wrong. I'm not going to single anybody out, but let's say I walked into an upscale steakhouse. But the reason I walked in there is because I'm friends with the bartender and I made friends with them one afternoon because I had a bad day and they were, they were open and I walked in and maybe that's why I go to that place. But I go in for the people. And I think that, People run restaurants that are run by people, not corporations, have got to be the future of food for us because that's what this, that's what we're in this for, for people. Mm-hmm. And I know that... You well, know, that, we and that's make- how it started in the first place. It started with people and corporations um, came in and took advantage of what was working, right? And so you, yeah. see, you see the corporate um, <clears throat> uh, translation of you know, what the smaller companies do and how they try to implement it. But at the same time, it really comes down to your ability to connect with uh, people on, on that individual level. I'm going to blow your mind for a second, and I'm going to tell you one of my favorite spots. So, so outside commute, I have an hour and a half round trip mm-hmm. every day. 
No, sorry, hour and a half each way every day. You're, you're going to laugh at one of my favorite places to get a cocktail in Seattle is. And you know what? You know what? All, all my judgments these days are just washed away, and I really just appreciate what people say. So go if you say Ivers, I'm going to appreciate it because I have done, I've done oyster shooters there, and it's, it's, it's not a bad place. No, I, I'm going to say Ivers. Thank you for saying Ivers. I love Ivers. (laughs) Because I like the one on the waterfront. The general manager and the chef are super nice people. Mm -hmm. Uh, Like I've I've worked at two different. uh, I'm sorry. I fucking can't believe you said Ivers. Because I pulled. Because I was like, you know what? They're they're great. They're kitschy. But they're. Anyways, I'm sorry. Just talk. I love it. I love it. You know, we take my mother-in-law there. She's super stoked. Any place that I that, that can foster that kind of wonderfulness, yeah. I'm loving it. She's a wonderful person, an angel, and we want to make sure we do great things for her. Uh, but my wife and I would stop there because, A, it's air-conditioned. Okay, so that's the first thing that got us to the door. B, they have a bar where you sit down, and the bartender's there. I, I can say to, to most all of them, maybe there's one I don't know, but – Every one of them, I would say hello, and they would say hello, and we would remember each other. And they would say, "Would you like Fernet chilled today?" And I would just be like, "Wow, yeah." And they're like, "Because because they know that they're going to get business based on boats uh, on boat ship." And Dude, that's a spot. Ship. That's a spot where if you get that gig bartending, you don't leave there. Like the the, the the way to get a job at a place like that is usually like on 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 the on death row. Like you wait for someone to pass away, and then there's a job opening, and then it opens up. Mm-hmm. Yeah, typically. I mean, it's just, it's one of those places. I mean, it's, it's a tourist spot, but you also get local business and it's right on the waterfront. So you have like nature and scenery and yeah. Yeah. And it's, 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 it's a, yeah, it's a good, it's a good, it's a good gig. And everybody can find something they like on the menu, but it's also just because I, I really just like, like the bar area. Bomb ass chicken strips. <laughs> I just, it's, it's, it's comfortable for everyone and that's a good thing. But when I was having, you know, I was having a day where like, and I got, I've got my spots I'm on the walk to the boat. I've got my spots down. You know, if, if I stop, if I stop my day at Cantina, then I'm, I'm definitely going to have, uh, you know, a beverage or some tacos at Cantina, but then I'm going to walk over and then, you know, maybe I'll stop by um, Jar Bar or, you know, I'll hit up uh, somewhere, you know, or along there. Uh, but yeah, getting down closer, let's say you just don't have the time and all of a sudden you find yourself walking right by, you can walk in and out and they remember you. They like you. They give you a punch card for things. I mean, it's just all the kind of things that regular consumers want, but it's also done with personality. And I like that. So, but I mean, dive bars in general, I love going to dive bars and I love supporting independent businesses. When this thing opens back up, those companies that have that help and have that massive background of, of they have some, some finances that can help them. The little places, like that's where I'm going to spend my money. And maybe I don't spend my money as much, but I'm going to spend my money in little places. Yeah. I'm going to, I'm going to spend my money where people who are, who are running it are a part of it. Well, that's, that's, that's really what America is, right? I mean, it's, it's the mom and pops. It's not the corporations. What's, you know, whatever the representation people think it is, what it actually is, is the mom and pops. It's those, it's those small businesses that, uh, of people, you know, trying to make a living on their own. And you know, that was, that's the dream of, of our country is, is the ability to come here and, and, and live and then have yeah, the freedom to live and do essentially what you want. I mean, to find, to find a way to make a living doing what you want. That's like, in my opinion, that's the American dream, right? This totally, this sounds to me like, and I'm going to say it out loud. This sounds to me like a John Cougar Mellencamp when he was John Cougar <laughs> Camp song. I was, I, I, I was raised in a small kitchen. I was raised I was in a small, small kitchen. I did all my best thinking in a small kitchen. 
Yeah. I got married in a small kitchen. Mm-hmm. Small kitchen yeah. taught me to fear, you know, whatever. Jesus, what he said. The, and, uh, and, yeah. and some of the best food you'll ever have in your life comes either from a dive bar or from an independent restaurant where the chef owner is the one making your food. I had a buddy years ago. Yeah, I agree with you. Buddy years ago said the same thing, but I just wanted to jump in because before I forget it, because sometimes I have a mental, um, uh, the mental capacity of a shot glass. Um, he said, you know, you, people always talk about, you know, know your food. It's like, you know, your farmer. It's like, yeah, get to know the cook too. Yeah. Under, understand. Yeah, I, I absolutely. Here, here, let's, let's jump really quick. I want to jump to our um, improve the industry. Okay. Right. This is directly a teachable moment. Absolutely. Get to know the cook. Like what I was telling you earlier, the the first thing I tell people before they even learn how to make a drinks, (laughs) learn how to make a drinks. God damn it. I sound drunk. No, somewhere there's a drink called drinks. I know that somewhere there's a drink called drinks. It's okay. I make a lot of drinks. Uh, I I don't just make a drink. I make drinks. Um, But get to know your cooks. That's, that's, that's the point of it is, is if, if you want any kind of future in this industry, uh, if, if you want any kind of future in your night over the next week, over the next month, over anything, it's, it's make friends with the people that you work with, you know, like don't, you're not better than anyone, first of all. Totally. And, and learn that there's, there is a machine that is producing something. And you're, you are one of the cogs in that machine. Uh, your cooks are one of the other cogs in that machine. And as a bartender, you are actually two interlocking cogs. And so yeah. the, better, the better you work with that person, the better, the better your world is going to be. But, you know, I've, I've always believed in just, you know, getting to know people you work with. And there's some places, if, you, if a restaurant doesn't have a culture like that and you can, you can help change the culture is one thing. Also, you can go work someplace else. Mm-hmm. I like to work places where I feel like everybody is appreciated for what they do. I mean, we all know the hardest working person in the house is the person who gets seen the least, the dishwasher. Yeah. And oh, yeah. Dishwasher and the busser, man. Those are the, those you know what I mean? And the, and the busser and the bar back are right, right there with it. Like, Absolutely. things don't... You know, somebody can fly an airplane, but the person who put fuel in it is just as, as important, you know? Yeah. And I think that the more we get back into this, uh, this restaurant culture, as well as we have time, um, then, uh, or as time passes and, you know, the, the virus concerns maybe uh, go away, that we really need to remember that. Like, we, let's build, let's rebuild these places with that understanding. Mm-hmm. And I think if we, if, if we're going to put money in that, people are going to put hard earned, uh, you know, money into, bring something back from being on pause or even gone, then we got to remember that you got to take care of, of people, of our people. Can, can I well say this real quick? I'm really glad you brought up the dishwasher because that's um, arguably one of the most important people in the restaurant. Yep. Um, and they are absolutely the lowest paid and absolutely the re- least respected. Um, but, the, but like, I mean, really for virtually or however you want to, take it like it's it's a tough job it's a really tough job um but that's also been one of the things as a bartender um i have always tried to do so take care of your cooks take care of your busser take care of your dishwasher sometimes your dishwasher is your busser and so that's the same person sometimes your dishwasher is your cook sometimes your busser is your cook you know those those, a lot of those jobs are really interchangeable sometimes the gm is like if you if you have any kind of disrespect 
or 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 any kind of like anything other than an appreciation really for it, for any of those jobs like you're not going to make it far you, you no, need to understand that these people are responsible for you looking great and the only way that you're going to be really good at your job is for them to care enough about you as a person to to help you and to like to take care of those things that you really don't want to think about but are necessary right yeah and totally. so if you if you're taking that time to show your appreciation here, here's something i want to tell you every dishwasher i've ever worked with gets a free shot from me at least at the end of the night they get a shot and a beer i take care of them that way it doesn't totally. matter i don't give a shit like they get a free shot and a beer at the end of the night I quit a job once because the dishwasher asked me if he could have his birthday off. And I said, let me check. We're going to be stretched thin. I'm going to tell the owner that, and I was already not liking the job. Um, and so long story short, I'd stepped away from uh, the company for just a couple months to help some people open something. And I told one of the owners and she said, tell him he's an adult. Adults work on their birthdays. Hmm. <laughs> That's such a service industry thing to say, too. <laughs> to which I, to which I said, I don't work on my birthday. Yeah. I don't know why you do. And I found out later that she, and don't get me wrong, I have nothing personal against her, but she didn't take days off. Sunday was a work day at home. Mm. And I guess some people are just different when it comes to regards to that. But well, no, my answer to this question was understanding what boundaries mean. I'm gonna need you to come in for a little bit on your birthday because I don't have anybody to cover. But if you can be here and just work the first hour or two of service, then we can get you out the door and I'll buy you a couple birthday beers. And he was like, oh, okay. And I was like, I just need a little help. That's it. I just don't have anybody. I'm already working 16 to 18 hours today. Uh, and he came in and I made sure that he had, he had birthday drinks. And uh, I made sure that everybody knew that I was paying for them. It wasn't me saying the restaurant is going to, uh, is going to give you something and it's going to take away from our bottom line. I was like, no, I am going to put those on my card. And I'm like, drinks, so you can have whatever you want. And he was just like, wow, nobody's ever done that before. I said, welcome to the real part of the industry. Yeah. I, I don't want to say I'm just like giving away free booze. Like I buy drinks for my, for my cook. For no, my, I know you do. My, I know you do. That's, I guess that's what like, I was like, I spend money on them. I, I, I do that. Like, I just want to make sure that's, that's clear because it sounds, no, no, it sounds like I'm just giving away forever. That's crystal no, clear. I, 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 I buy I've my seen you do it. Yeah, I've seen you do it multiple times. It's crystal clear. I'm just saying like, I guess what I'm trying to say is I'm on the same page as you. Like, mm -hmm. uh, I would rather spend money on buying somebody a drink who, you know, like, man, you worked your ass off today. And you know what? I bet this will make your night better. I'd rather have that money spent on that than have it sitting in my wallet. Hell yeah. I mean, the world's a better place. You, that's the, I mean, you're investing in loyalty. And, and, and there's nothing more valuable than loyalty in an industry like ours, I think. I remember going through this night once at one of the restaurants, which shall not be named. The GM, uh, we did like, we crushed it. We crushed it. We did 325 covers or something and everything was great. You know, servers made money. The house made money. Like everybody was happy. But the GM also knew that she had to take care of the bartender who got just, he was crushed. I mean, he's a great bartender. But she made sure to say, okay, guys, I'm going to buy you guys a round of drinks. And we're like, whoa, what? And she said, elsewhere. Yeah. The 12 of you are not getting off of what you're doing and going out to the bar and sitting at the bar. So he has to make cocktails for 12 beers and hey. shots, cocktails for 12 more. Mad no. fucking respect for that, by the way. You know? And I learned from that. I was like, wow, that is so cool. 
That is so cool. So I made from then on from any kind of position I've ever had to where I was like, I schedule something, I'm in charge of something. I always make sure that I want to take care of people. If we're going to go out, I will spend my money on that. That's fine. I mean, mm -hmm. we got to work in a company for such a long time that our, our employers always took really great care of us. That's something I learned from it. I'm, I'm always doing that. And I showed up thinking that. So I, it's just become exponentially greater on the fact that that's how you, 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 you live this way. You take care of other people. It's not just a, a clock in, I take care of people, or a clock out, I don't. I mean, I got to take care of myself. Why don't I just take care of everybody? Right. So it's a good way to live your life. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, it costs very little and you're usually blessing someone more than you could even think about. Like, yeah, like, someone gets off work and they have a free drink waiting for them. That, I mean, that's one of the best feelings in the world. Like to just oh, yeah. sit down and get a drink and then just walk away knowing that someone cared enough to take care of that for you. I mean, I, I can guarantee you that both of us cut our teeth in the, uh, the same kind of culture where, uh, servers and bartenders would buy the kitchen, uh, buy the kitchen a pitcher or something sometimes, yeah. or or the I kitchen would make. Thing, like, well, maybe bring a six pack of Coors Light back to the kitchen every night. And uh, oh yeah, totally. That or was like, that was just kitchen. part of the food cost for the for the month. <laughs> and, and the kitchen would make it would make a late night staff meal for the front of the house because that's what the mm -hmm. chefs said you did. And Dude, you get they got Coors Light and I got a burger. It was the best trade off. I think I that's exactly what we all needed. I didn't need a burger, but that Coors Light would have got me. From, <laughs> oh God, that was hard to, Oh man, that's done. Okay, cool. We did that again. Mm -hmm. So yeah, cheeseburgers, cheeseburgers and beer. I have not had a beer. That's going to blow your mind. I've not had a beer since December, man. That's really good. I actually decided today, like I, I, um, I was looking at myself sideways in the mirror and I was like, I should probably stop drinking beer for a little while. <laughs> oh, I don't, I don't have to look at myself in the beer sideways. I've got a beer. I've got a fridge full of Rainier, but, but I need to, I need to chill out a little bit and, and focus more on, uh, I, I do miss an ice cold Rainier. I do miss that. An ice cold Rainier or Olympia. Oh, oh yeah. Oh, least even those, um, the, uh, the Montuckies, like it's, it's right in that category. Yeah, it, it, I go it, it, to Texas and visit family and get the Lone Stars and and oh, Lone Stars, yes. It just it hits that part where you're just like, it just makes you feel good. Yep, because that's what it's made for. <laughs> I just I, I just decided I needed to stop drinking beer for a while, and I just one day became two, became six, became seven, became thirty, and I'm just it's not because I don't like beer; it's just because uh, you know I, I definitely felt better afterwards, but yeah. I want to know about beer, so um, I. I recently have been getting into wine study and cause I, I love wine, but I'm also going to tailor that program to get back into beverage study in general, because I also think that cooks, when we come out of this and cooks start having jobs, they're going to actually, we're going to be tasked to do more. We're going to do more with less. Mm. And I think that the more that cooks know about beverages that people are drinking in the establishment where they work and the more that servers and everybody knows more about the food that they're serving with the drinks that they're selling, I think that that is something that we've, we've struggled with for years as an industry. And I think that this is a perfect opportunity for us to all come into this knowing, Hey, let's be more, uh, let's be more well-read. Let's be, let's be more well-versed. Let's be more well-tasted. And I think that's going to be a cool thing because all of us who can't hang out with each other right now are going to be really excited to hang out with each other when we can. And I know there's going to be some knowledge passed along. And I think that's another cool thing that I'm going to take out of this is I'm going to bug my bartender friends. I'm going to bug my server friends. I'm going to be like, dude, have you had this and what do you like to do with it? I'm going to be more personal about it besides like, oh, I'm reading a book and you noticed it. I'm going to be like, no, I'm going to be straight up. Hey, you, you make really great drinks. Can you help me out with this? I, I, I'll, I'll trade you lunch or, you know, or we can just yeah. talk about it, whatever. But yeah, I trust your palate. I want to know what you think about so-and-so. 
why does this make sense? And I, I just, cause I don't get it. And then all of a sudden when you do, it's like, that's how we, that's how we used to pass the verbal, you know, history was passed on from person to person for long times. Well, you know, uh, I, I like to think that, um, the, the bartender chef relationship, um, while, while the, the, the perks are, you know, I make alcohol and you make food. So we both benefit off each other. I like to think that the relationship in general goes deeper than that to, to the palate. And it goes yeah. to the point of appreciation where, so here, and, and for, and for me, at least that's absolutely what it is where I, I will take a drink that I'm, um, so I will take a drink that I'm experimenting with. Um, and I will, the first person that I will take it to is the chef because I understand that the chef typically has one of the more advanced palates in the restaurant. He's spent more time tasting things in the world and in his, and, and, and so he, he kind of has, you know, he knows like, you know, sweet, salty, sour, spicy, all, all these things like a better balance of it. And so I'll take it to the chef and I'll say, what do you think? And then I'll get that. I'll get that feedback and then I'll take it and I'll tweak and do this and this and this, and then I'll take it to the sous chef and I'll tweak, 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 tweak. And then I'll take it to the cooks and I'll tweak, tweak, and then I'll, and then I'll come back out. But I've always used the food guys for my guinea pigs really. And, oh, and God, I mean, we, we love, love being, we love being the yeah, guinea I know. Pigs. They're, 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 nobody ever says no, which is great. And they always have a good response for me because I'm like, That's, all right, is that too sour? Is it too sweet? I know you like the alcohol, but like, give me a flavor profile. And it's then like getting the daily yeah, double at work. Yeah, like getting the daily double at work. You, you're yeah, at work. You dig into what I give a shit about, and I'll actually tell you what. what somebody what somebody hands you a drink and says, I want you to tell me about the taste and how it makes you feel. And you get to be honest, and they want the honest feedback. Yeah. And it's you're you're being in, you're being a part of something being creative. It's so cool. It's so fun. And yeah. yes, I love every time you bring a drink back. I, I will say that, Jimmy. Every I'll raise my hand, I'll raise my hand twice every time. <laughs> it's enjoyable, like because I feel like I don't know. It's, it's always a good moment. Like you, you get a, every time you bring a drink back, someone's happy. Everybody is excited. They all want to try it. And then you get honest opinions because usually your cooks are the people that aren't afraid to tell you to fuck off. Right. And so if they don't like something about that drink, they'll tell you to your face what they don't like about it. And, I, and, and that's really in this world as a person, like my favorite way to take criticism is, is just like that's why we bring you face brutal truth. Like tell me that's what we bring you new food. And I'll fix it. Like I, I have the power to do that. Like I, you know, yeah. Yeah. That's why we bring you food to taste. Cause we're like, no, no, no. I need your comments on this. You and just give it to you yeah. and not anybody else. And not, and not stand there. Just like you get to it when you get to it. And then you'll be like, wow, I really liked it. And you'll think about things like, yeah, I sat there for a while. It was still good. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, like those, are, it goes both ways, man. I mean, it's good. Four it's, hours old, man. It's, it must be amazing when it's fresh. <laughs> yeah. Right. I like, we want that kind of thing. I mean, I remember opening Brave Force and we, we took cheeseburgers. I remember who was it? Some of the Stacy was pastry chef. Uh, so smart. She said, okay, can you make Orders. me three, three or four different kinds of burgers? And I'm going to take them and put them in a bag and take them and leave them on my countertop for two hours. And then I'm going to see what's up. And then I'll let you know tomorrow. And you know, we were able to find out that where we liked our lettuce was the best and the bun stayed great. And we found out some really cool things because she just had that thought of how will this be to go? I'm leaving right now. Why don't I just take it with me? Find out. And like, that's how that works with these restaurants that we are. Talking some good that are science. Chef 
driven, people driven, bartender driven programs yeah. that, that, that that's how those things happen. And I think when we get back to doing this, that that's what we're going to need to focus on, which is people want to see you. They want to see you, but they also want to eat. They also want to drink. They want the thing. We can do that, but we got to put ourselves back into it. And I think if we've had enough time to work on ourselves during this, we are going to have ample time to give, give it away from ourselves after this and receive it back in kind, in full, in flush from other people around us. I, I want to say it leads me into my next question, which is, is the, 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 the self-care question. Um, the, this is, it's, 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 a, it's a stressful world. We're, we're fucked. <laughs> well, um, what, what's your, what are you doing these days to, uh, to find balance, to, um, to relieve the stress? You know, oh. There's yoga, there's cooking, there's reading, there's, there's a million things. What's your thing? Let's, let's, let's put it this way. Uh, right off the bat, I should say there's been more failures than successes, uh, (laughs) but such is life. Um, but I can tell you right now, and it's verified from other people. I am not a yoga person. (laughs) I get a little bit cranky when you ask me to do that many things and sweat that. It just, it's just, I'm more of a stretchy person. I can stretch. I'm maybe not so much into yoga. It's like, I uh, you find one of those uh, low-key yoga classes that are like the the meditation if, yoga ones. Where if like, yoga is like playing baseball, I'm more into like the softball, like recreational softball league, or maybe yeah. even wiffle ball with like a keg on second base. I'm more that kind of speed. Um, but I will say that uh, my wife has been instrumental in, in making sure that I follow through with things that I want to try and has been a constant uh, source of of really um, companionship, but also uh, just that strength of someone else knowing that this could work. I mean, like, for instance, I know I can make an egg sauce. I can make, uh, you know, a hollandaise. I, I have no problem with that. And I can help her make one. You know, she's she's way more physically fit than I am. And she's just this wonderful person. And she knows that if she shows me how to do this and she knows that I'm reticent to, to go to try yoga, but this isn't yoga, it's like yoga-esque. I'll most likely try it and I'll most likely benefit from it and then I'll do something my own way with it. So I will say I feel very lucky that I um, not only got to marry my best friend, but also that I get to hang out with him during this. Um, I feel for my friends who are single and they, they, or then they're at home alone. But I think a lot of them are doing what we're doing, which is what we found out is you got to change. You got to have a routine and you got to be able to change it. That's the thing that we found. So we do a routine until it doesn't make sense anymore until it becomes a little bit rote. Mm -hmm. When it becomes like rope memorization, then we change it to something else. Mm-hmm. We used to play spades outside on Saturdays and not yeah. have to do any household chores. And now this last weekend we had pandemic Olympics and I ordered a Nerf dart gun on Amazon and I'm 41 years old and I'm excited about it. Dude, These if you want some, uh, you know, Adam or- Savage, you know, Adam Savage is yeah. from, from Mythbusters. Yeah. So he has his own YouTube channel where he, um, he, uh, modifies Nerf guns. I well, like he, he does. He, uh, so I guess that's one of the things he does on the channel. Like he, it's it's called like one day experiments or something, and and he just he tweaks these guns and he adds like all these effects. Uh, and and I'm gonna go look at that as soon yeah. as this is done because that's amazing. It's a lot of fun. I, I've really been enjoying it. I discovered it last week, and um, I've, there's several guns that he's that he's played with and, and modified and it's been a lot of fun. There's other things that he does too, but um, the Nerf guns are, are silly because, you know, I'm Nerf pretty guns. excited. Yeah. Yeah. I'm pretty excited to look at that and look at this, what comes in the mail. I guess also what it sounds to us too, is you got to have some laughter. You got to find a way to laugh about things. And that's, mm-hmm. that's, that's what it was like from life beforehand. And I think you got to remember that it's ever so present now that 
that that things are fear, anxiety. There, those are going to happen. It's like if you're playing a football game. And I remember a coach told us this once. I was lucky enough to be on a football team that uh, you know had great coaches, and I learned a lot as, as a person. Mm-hmm. I wasn't so much into like jock culture or something like that. No offending anybody else, but um, he said a couple things. He said a couple of good things that I took with me for my whole life. One of which was it's not how many times you get knocked down, it's how many times you get back up. Mm-hmm. But he also said, "You gotta, you gotta be you, and you gotta do you." We're gonna play this this school that was. Uh, it was a hostile environment to go into. They were a prep school. They were mean. They threw batteries at you as the opposing you know players, things like that. And he said they have the best passing attack in this part of Missouri. He said, but we have the best defense. They're going to throw the ball. They're going to catch it. Just as long as you make sure that they don't go anywhere after they catch it, mm-hmm. we will we will have a chance for success. And I was thinking of like, what is that? That's managing expectations. And so yeah. you take those words into adulthood. And, okay, we're in a situation right now where we got to manage expectations. Is it going to be funny that someone uh, – I hate this. Yeah, I'm not going to curse, but somebody farts, then you're, you, you, there's no shaming somebody you live with. You when you're, you're, they're, you know, you shouldn't be – you, you got you to encourage each other on some level. So I think humor is where that starts. I think compassion is where that lives. And I think at the end of the day that if you're honest, then all those things will work really well together. So we've been working on those things. You know, Be honest with each other. Be compassionate when the other person needs help. and copious amounts of laughter however you can get it if, if i got a fall if I, I accidentally broke a fan yesterday but i was able to fix it today because we were getting a little too into quarantine olympics uh-huh. uh and <laughs> it was pretty fun and quarantine olympics are great so uh it was nice to be able to uh, fix the fan but at the same time you gotta let loose a little bit and you know do something fun and so mm-hmm. uh you know i'm just there what's that line from risky business every now and then you just gotta, uh, say, you just gotta say fuck it make your move Sometimes you just gotta have impromptu. Uh, oh man, yeah. make your move is a uh, is a Tony Robbins thing too. Sometimes you just gotta you know you gotta have an impromptu balloon day. We wipe we we blew up. Uh, we wanted to make our niece who was having her birthday in quarantine want to make her smile. So my wife moved the ottoman next to the hallway and blew up like three hundred pink balloons and mm-hmm. hid in them. And then we did a Marco Polo and she jumped out of them. <laughs> I mean, three days later, I'm like cussing you know, cutting balloons in part, just like trying to get rid of them. But for that 15 seconds of pure joy, it made everybody's life better for weeks on end. Right. So you got to find joy in things. That's the other thing I would say to you. Joy, J-O-Y. Joy is like a thing that not a lot of people think of, but it is absolutely essential. Joy is the gasoline. It is the, it is the spark plug in your happiness machine. You've got to nail that. You've got to have joy in your life. And if you, you, whatever you find it in on a retro tech mobile game that I found that I was, it just made my day or like Mm -hmm. going and making dinner for my landlords who, you know, live across the way who I like, you know, or making them cocktail kit or something. I made pierogi. I made pierogi, drove to Seattle, dropped them off at people's houses. That made me feel good and it brought joy. I'm going to keep doing that. Well, acts of service, man. Like you were, you were, the the acts of service always brings joy because, because you're being selfless. I will say this. I, I, I have to say this, and this is a disclaimer. You do also have to be able to run around in your underwear like a mad person listening to some kind of band if you ever, ever want to get ahead in life. <laughs> Spend some time in your underwear dancing around your apartment. And this is the perfect time for it. I, I, I propose that anybody who lives with somebody else, do this. Take this one challenge. I want you to sit down in your kitchen for a happy hour, and I want you to play this exact song over your speaker. I want you to play Huey Lewis the News. I'm happy to be stuck with you. <laughs> and if that doesn't change your life then have a cocktail while you're doing it yeah and then you might feel a little better in fact have a hanky panky i'm sure you'll feel a little better after that oh man these hanky pankies i tell you what 
they get the job done. Oh yeah, <laughs> I can't wait to try. We uh, we're gonna make it as soon as uh, as soon as the wife is back and I am um, I'm uh, in the kitchen again. So right. thankfully tonight is not my night to cook. We also split up the nights who cooks and we miss that around, so that helps too. Yeah. yeah. You know, you just got to do what you got to do, and uh, you yeah. Just I mean, you, well, you got to just find a balance in it all, right? And just find out what works for you in your life, and 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 what's what's manageable, what's manageable, yeah. and what makes everybody happy. And you know, that, that's totally. Sort of, yeah. And do something random and weird every now and then, just to make sure that you know that you're still human and you still do crazy stuff, and it's fun, <laughs> right? Um, any any uh, I guess recommendations for people right now going? I guess we probably got over that a little bit, but let's. Okay, well everybody's here. Yeah, here I got one. Everybody's making sourdough. Everybody's making banana bread. Uh, I get it. I love it. I, I think it's wonderful. In it's fact, fun. one of the it's guys, trendy, right? It's one, one of the guys that we used to work with, Norm, he just went ahead and just made sourdough banana bread. I thought that was just like the carrot or the shark jumping the you know the whatever. Yeah, the, just smack, the shark. Just, just the put shark a Big Mac inside of a Whopper. The shark jumping the cliche. Yeah, um, but cooking, I think, is a really cool thing that people are that like, you can do. But don't stress out about it. I think if, like if you have to have an honest conversation with yourself about I don't want to cook as much, then don't cook that much. Mm-hmm. Find a different way to make food or make things, meal plan, whatever. But I think feeding yourself, pardon me, I think feeding yourself good food during this is the, one of the best things you can do. Yes, we all need exercise. Yes, we all need sunshine. Yes, mm-hmm. we all need good oxygen. But we, we like good air, I should say. But what we really need to do is also like nourish ourselves through our stomachs. Cook more. Open a cookbook and and mess up something. Learn and how then to fix it. You know, like if you know that somebody's doing a Thai food pop up, like support it. Go spend that fifteen bucks that you would have spent on like coffee and something else during a normal time. But then and, also you know, figure out like what ingredients they put in and maybe try to make it at home next week. Totally. Like I I made the best pierogi I've ever made by messing up the first round of dough and realizing some problem that I've had the whole time in making them. And then everything just fell into place. Yeah. Uh, you know, I've messed up a soup. I, I salt, I oversalted food for like a week. It was so crazy. My wife was like, just bemused. Like, she's like, no, no, we can eat this because we're eating it with something. But why are you oversalting things so much? I don't know. So I had to step back. From the it. Same thing. More than a week. I'm over oh. the course of eight years now, probably. It's like you get so excited about it, but you know, you, you, you keep learning. And I think the more that you keep your mind moving and the more that you keep it in a positive direction, I think like the more you do that with food, the more attuned you're going to be to what you're putting in your body. And the more you're attuned to that, the more you're going to be in tune with what your body's feeling. So, you know, you give yourself good fuel, give yourself good food, give yourself, you know, good flavor. I think you're going to be good. That's the thing I should, you know, cook from a heart, cook from the hip. You know, you, you can look at a cookbook and take a, take a nod, you mm-hmm. know, I, some of my favorite cookbooks, I've never followed the recipes, but I've also, but I've just taken the notions and made something that I thought was more at my speed, you know? So it, just, it, it, it never hurts to educate yourself. Doesn't. Um, and, but it's always beneficial. Like it, it's never going to, it's never going to affect you in a negative way, but it's always going to affect you in a positive way. To really- yeah. Totally, man. Sweet. Uh, shit. I think, I think we're kind of, we're, we're getting there, man. Uh, well, it's been a pleasure being on. Uh, you guys are awesome, and uh, I feel really fortunate that I was able to come and speak with you guys, and you know, have our parliament of uh, you know, uh, when you bring more than one head together, uh, you know, everybody goes away a little bit smarter and a little bit happier. So I just right. uh, really appreciate it. Hell yeah, man, Eric! Thanks for coming on and, and sharing your stories. I I, I love I, I don't know <laughs> I, I I love being able to talk to to my friends. <laughs> me too 
And, and thank you so much for sharing your stories. Um, th this has just been uh, like all of these are, are just so great. Okay, last call. Let's do our last call shot. So last call for alcohol, my friends. Clink. Oh, yeah. Here we go for net. Cheers. I'd like to leave you with a uh, with a with a toast, and I'd like to leave you with a, a joke, if that's cool. Please. Okay, so you sorry, you can just raise your glass if you want to or not. But my toast is to you guys. Cheers. May your days be memorable, your nights unforgettable, and your mornings completely unregrettable. Salud. I like that. And the joke? Since this is life from the well, how many bartenders does it take to change the light bulb? I think just one. You're correct. One. He holds why? The in the socket and lets the world revolve around him. The world revolves around bartenders. <laughs> I'm so glad I knew that. How many, how many line cooks does it take? 86 light bulbs. 86 light bulbs. <laughs> <laughs> dun, 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 dun. I Thank love folks. jokes. And anyone Thank who folks, wants to servers, is more than welcome to bring jokes to the show because cheesy dad jokes are probably the best form of humor that exists. Yes, I do agree. It's been a it's been a blast being on here, guys. Thank you so much. This is one of the Mark more fun. Silver, thank you so much for coming on. Um, it, it's been yeah, it's been a pleasure having you here. Um, all right, all right. So we've had our drinks. We shared our stories. It's last call. Boom! Last call. We did it. You shared your shots. Um, is there anything that you would like to promote? Um, uh, there is. Um, yeah. I would like to give a shout out to Nawakan Valley Farms. Mm -hmm. um, we use them a lot in our restaurants uh, when our restaurants were open, but they're doing a CSA box every week. And uh, Desi, who used to be a chef at one of our restaurants, will actually well, deliver Desi. I love that guy. You just want to hit him up and uh, get him some snaps on that petrol, you know, reimburse mm -hmm. him some maybe for his, his time for his, his travel. He'll bring you your box. Do we have uh, Instagram I, tags for these people? Uh, I say what? Instagram tags or some, some way to find yeah, them. Yeah, so, so New Walken Valley Farms is just at New Walken Valley Farms on Instagram. Mm -hmm. and uh they're amazing so I'd, I'd love to give them a shout out uh also uh the at white swan public house they're uh, making to go food for people uh i know matt fortner who was a chef in our company for a while he's uh, love that guy. That stuff. and i'd also like to give a grand shout out to our serious to go program um from our restaurant group where we were employed before this the, in ballard they're doing a serious pizza serious pie pizza to go they're doing some sandwiches some salads they're doing cocktail kits uh, and most love Tom Douglas. This is what's he. This is what he's doing, and this is how you can support him. And the, the most important thing is actually they're making six hundred meals a day, I believe, for World Central Kitchen uh, organization that is that are feeding people who can't afford to eat right now. And that I think is the most important thing I want to talk so let, about. So let me say this again: if you love Tom Douglas, this is what he's doing. If you don't love Tom Douglas, you really should because he's feeding more people than you even know, and he's putting a lot of good out into the world. And so he, that, needs, I, he needs your support to continue doing what he's doing on his platform because he's elevated and he has the ability to help people that we can't help on an individual basis. Um, he, he's, he's putting good into the world. So if you have the ability to help Tom, help Tom, please. That's, you know, <laughs> we love that guy. <laughs> yep, we do. And just, he's, yeah. you know, we, we were fortunate enough to work there and we opened things back up. Hopefully we'll be fortunate enough to keep working there, but no matter yeah. what, we, I think uh, all you can do is just, Give them that hug from a long distance because people need hugs. Give them a high five when you see them and uh, just make sure we all stay human because we're all in this together, right? Fuck yeah, man. All right. Thank you, Eric. Um, you guys are so welcome. Thank you for having me on.
All right. Well, that wraps up one more live from the well. Thanks to, um, thanks to, first of all, first of all, thank you everyone for listening. Um, if you're listening to this, I love you. If you're not, I don't. Um, <laughs> thank, you, thank you, Eric, for sharing your stories. This, this, uh, man, this, this is a good one. Um, yeah. And, uh, and as always, thanks to the giant Peter. <laughs> thanks to Brian with an eye. And to the dead mother, Kelly, she's, she's most thanks to Kelly. Kelly, you're awesome. You're amazing. You kept us on track. It, you know, she, all, she makes all of this sound good. So uh, You made us not tangential. You made us actually, uh, you know, stay on track. It was super nice. Thank you so much for your help. Yeah. Yeah. She's a badass, you guys. Uh, if, you don't, if you don't know Kelly, uh, it's a loss to you. Um, Kelly, when this thing's over, first beer's on me. <laughs> Until next time. Cheers, y'all. And where we would say call a cab, call an Uber, I want to say stay home still because you're not allowed to go outside yet unless you're in a state where you are, but you should probably still stay home because nobody really knows what this disease has. And in the meantime, we'll just figure it out and we'll all do our best and just be healthy and try to think with a sound mind. And clean your bathroom before your significant other does. That way they smile that day. <laughs> and uh cheers thanks for listening to life from the well full of service industry stories and cocktail history if you like our show and want to know more check out lifefromthewell.com life from the well would also like to thank our sponsors scratch distillery and barfly mixology gear don't forget you can also find us on apple podcasts google play spotify stitcher TuneIn, and iHeartRadio. Join us next time for another new cocktail and guest.